You are listening to the Why I Love Disney podcast. In this episode, we discuss the new Disney Pixar movie, Onward, and a few other nuggets of Disney news. Are you ready? Let's go. The crowds were, did not deter us this weekend from going to see Onward on opening weekend. It did, it did not, but it was the first time in a while that I actually thought of the germs in the theater, <laughs> which they say is one of the, you know, grossest places that you can. The, did they yeah. say that? Yeah. Dude, don't tell me that. I didn't yeah. know that. Actually, yeah, I think theater seats are one of the worst. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I may be wrong. I've always heard that growing up, that it's worse than. You know, I will say this, like. A lot of food. I mean, think about people handling food and touching the seat. and I like the new ones with the leather seats, because I feel like those can be wiped off. You know what I mean? And sanitized. <laughs> That's a good those point. Those cloth yeah. seats are, you know. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Why I Love Disney podcast. I'm Dustin. I'm David. And we are excited to be with you today. It's just past opening weekend for Onward. Um, there's other Disney news. We, we watched a little bit on Disney Plus this week, so excited to get started here. David, how was your week? Great. How was yours? Great. Are you well? I am. Family well? Doing well. No sign, no coughing, no... No, no we are very healthy. No Thank signs you. of corona whatsoever. No, no. I've been just uh, praying for those who've been affected, but we we are well. Yeah, I guess let's start with that because the one piece of Disney news I saw, which is good news, is Shanghai Disney is starting to reopen, at least in a limited fashion. That's that's big news because it's that would suggest that in China, um, maybe the worst is behind right. as far as the coronavirus goes. Yes. Um, so I found that to be a little bit of a positive of good news, yes. um, yet where we live here in the sta- here stateside domestically, it seems like the the kind of the tension and the the alarm the alarm is at kind of its peak right now. Right. At least, in, so the market's tanking today. Um, there's there's announcements of closure. South by Southwest has closed their canceled their conference. There's a big tennis tournament um, that's canceled. There's other conventions we were just looking up that in Nashville and different places in Orlando that are canceling um, right. canceling things. So the question becomes: Will we see any more closures from Disney parks? Around the world, or here specifically in Orlando or Florida, what do you think? Well, I, there's, I mean, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that I try to be cautious in times like this, but not be fearful. So if I had a trip planned, I would, I would, I might, I would take more hand sanitizer. I would, I would wash my hands more, but I would not be. I would not be at this point fearful to go to the parks. And I don't think the numbers are going down. They had with Mickey's Runaway Railway opening, uh, I think attendance has been very crowded and it doesn't look like they've had any, uh, any slowdown. So, uh, I did see that, you know, in, 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 in the Orlando area, like four or five major conferences, uh, had canceled, which was a huge, uh, huge loss, uh, tourism loss for the, for the city. But, um, you know, I, I think Disney had put several hand sanitizer stations around the park, and maybe they're keeping things a little bit more monitored. I saw that they were uh, wiping the the uh, turnstile areas when you come through and do your magic band and your fingerprint. That yeah. they were keeping things a little bit cleaner. So, well, Disney's uh, usually on top of things, and, yeah. and there's an opportunity here. I, honestly, I got an email from Southwest Airlines today, and they were taking taking the initiative to let their customers know that. Their their um, health protocols on how they sanitize the plane normally mm-hmm. and how they're doing even more okay. now um, to just wipe. They, 
actually went, went through this detail about how they clean their bathrooms. Mm-hmm. And then they said it's like um, some medical grade um, chemicals that, you know, completely clean the thing out. And they're super proud of how they do that. It's an industry leader. And they say, we're going to start doing that exact thing through the whole plane, wow. you know, every day. So they're, they're talking about how clean they want to make it. And they talk about their industry leading, you know, um, their industry leading terms on cancellations and, and moving things around if you need to do that. So the Southwest is out ahead of this telling their customers, Hey, we're taking every precaution we can to make this safe for you. And it sounds like Disney's doing the, doing the same thing, which is smart, smart business. Right. I think that's all anybody can do with, with a lot of unknowns with a disease that, you know, people don't really know a lot about is all you can do is take as best care of yourself and, and your customers as you can and keep things as clean as possible. And that's, that's really all you can do at this point. I mean, I know that in other parts of the world, it's, they've had to do a lot more restriction of travel and yeah. uh, hopefully it will not, that won't happen here. Well, and again, like you said, you're not, you're not frightened by this. Like, you know, you you just take precautions. I would say I would be cautious, but you wouldn't but change I'm, your I'm life not gonna drastically. Be, no, but there are a lot of different personality types right. that definitely would be afraid. I, I wouldn't either. Like, it's not so, going to, a matter of fact, I was telling you earlier, like, I lo- start looking for travel deals. You know, like, <laughs> this is the perfect time to go on a cruise because well, no one else wants to go. Well, and this, that happens sometimes when there's bad weather. Right. Uh, a lot of people, when they, when predicted bad weather is going to be in Florida, hurricane people, season, people, man. people, people leave the park. And then some people will say, hey, you know, it, it didn't come through and we had the park all to ourselves. All the Floridians know the, the thunder. We're there. You don't know what's going to happen in Florida. They tell you what's it's most unpredictable. It, well, it's a, the weather changes a lot just during the day. I, I'm not scared of the coronavirus. I, I'm not going to change my life drastically. We'll take precautions, like you said. And again, I don't want to. There's a, there's two sides of this. Like I know what I would do with my family to take precautions. At the same time, you know, when you look at kind of the the we'll call it the panic that seems to be um, filtering out among the media and there's different, you know, things. But when things start closing is when I start to get more concerned that when people start, entities start losing money by their own choice, closing things down, Mm -hmm. canceling things. The South by Southwest Conference really weighed on me a little bit. Um, I wasn't going myself, but that's the biggest tech and music conference in the world. It's over 400,000 people descending on the city of Austin, Texas. It's huge to the Austin, Texas economy. Mm -hmm. It's huge to the music industry and the tech Mm -hmm. industry. There's people that have their entire businesses that um, are built to launch this week, right? This, this week of this conference and to the, for them just to cancel that, it, that was the first moment I'm like, Whoa, this may be a, a bigger deal than I thought. Right. And, um, well, the same, that's exactly what I thought when, when they canceled, uh, when they closed down Shanghai and Tokyo yeah. and Hong Kong, you're going, they would not be doing this unless it was in, they had to. I mean, they're not going to close the parks unless they have to. And so, you know, it's serious when they're closing the parks. You do, but it's one thing when it's, you know, half a world or the other side of the world. Oh, yeah. But then when it starts happening right here, what do you think the chances are that there's some sort of Disney closure at a park in the United States? What would you, like, what percent chance would you think? I I would not know. I mean, I I mean, all I I know is what I'm, you know, you read a lot of articles I've read will say, don't be surprised if you see it, it, it get canceled at some point, if the virus continues to spread and to affect more people. Hmm. Uh, don't be surprised, but then other, then other, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of mixed news and others will say it's nothing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's like the flu, which, you know, doesn't Nobody seem to be that. To close. I, right. I was, we were talking about this a little bit before we started and it's in no one's interest 
for the economy to come to a screeching halt, for everybody to stop doing things and going to movies right. and restaurants. That's, and I mean, if, 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 if people overly panic exactly. and the economy shuts down, then, we're, then you've got people can't make can't make a living so and yes but it, 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 if it were if it's really affecting the vast majority of the population then it's a different thing because now health is more important than the money right I mean, it's so. a big and it's a big responsibility for those in charge of disney because uh, or any big corporation or any place where people gather you know and you're you have responsibility over that there, there are several ways to think about this one the public health probably is the first thing um your bottom line you're in not just your bottom line that that sounds greedy i'm talking about you have employees that have to feed their families you know to shut down a right. shut down a part that, that affects a lot of people adversely Right. And you weigh all these things out. It's, incre- I imagine, an incredibly difficult decision. But then there's the added part is, you know, let's just play the scenario out that a Disney park shuts down for a little while. The message that would send to everyone is be scared. Yes. If it's big enough for this to come to a screeching halt for a moment. Um, and, and nobody wants that either. Right. So I think there's these tension, these things weighing out. And man, we, you know, we ought to, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody involved because we want to see, we hope it's nothing. Everything you read says it affects elderly and people with respiratory problems um, more. And, um, and it's probably not something we should be terrified about. But at the same time, you know, uh, you got to be careful and you got to watch this stuff real close. Um, it'll be interesting to see over the next, because I don't think it's over. It seems to be every day getting a little, like, there's something else comes out. And um, yeah, so I'm hopeful with uh, Shanghai opening that uh, that's that is good news, because that means in that area of the world, they're getting up, they're getting in more control. We, we, so hopefully we'll see the same thing happen here. I'm looking back at our when when did Shanghai close? How long has that been? Um, Shanghai Disney closes February 1st. So it would have been before that. So it's been it's over been about a, month. a month. That's what I was thinking um, since, it, since it's been down. So it, so. If that was a, you know, it closed and now it's opening back up, that's that's a good sign, I think. So we'll focus on the positive and hope, you know, people stay safe and wash their hands and use hand sanitizer and, and are smart. And, and this whole thing is, is contained and people aren't impacted too badly by it. But it will be interesting to watch. Um, speaking of, in, in, in a company like Disney, it affects in a lot of ways. You got the parks, that's the obvious thing. But then even like their movie business, you know, people going to theaters and things, it could definitely have a, if people get frightened to go out in public, it could right. affect those things as well. Um, on the other side, you know, they got the streaming business now, Disney Plus, so people <laughs> can stay home and, and watch things. And But they have a lot of theatrical releases coming up. So they, maybe they, they don't go wanna... straight to streaming. They got, it's a nice hedge to have that, you know, be successful too. Right. And it also kind of might show you the importance of streaming in the future. I, I never even considered something like this. What if there's some reason why people couldn't go out for some, for- well, there's, there's definitely enough media to consume at home, but it's not quite the same thing as, well, I completely media agree, in the theater, but they're hedged. So. You know, it's not like if the movie business stopped for right. a month. It's interesting um, to see this, this impacts the bottom line. Every company that has is reliant on the supply chain from China mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm, I'm reading, I'm looking at article after article of, of companies saying, keeping their employees home, you know, tell them to work from home if they possibly can. There's other companies though, in industries that that's not even possible. Um, so if, if they were to limit and scale back things that, that drastically affects not just companies, bottom lines, but everybody's ability to, you know, feed their families. And you could see downsizing coming from there. There's a lot of implications for this. So thoughts and prayers and hope this is quickly resolved and we can move on in a positive way. So um, 
Speaking of, the crowds were, did not deter us this weekend from going to see Onward on opening weekend. It did, it did not, but it was the first time in a while that I actually thought of the germs in the theater, <laughs> which they say is one of the, you know, grossest places that you can. The, did they yeah. say that? Yeah. Dude, don't tell me that. I didn't yeah. know that. Actually, yeah, I think theater seats are one of the worst. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I may be wrong. I've always heard that growing up, that it's worse than... You know, I will say this, like a lot of food. I mean, think about people handling food and touching the seat. And I like the new ones with the leather seats because I feel like those can be wiped off. You know what I mean? And sanitized. <laughs> That's a good those point. Those cloth yeah. seats are, you know, just, oh gosh, I could tell you this story about this in my home, t- in my home where I live now, an old theater who you go in, the floors were sticky and the there's just smell and, and, you know, it was the only, for a long time, the only movie theater in town and Finally, they, they only took cash, too. You couldn't pay with it. It was so shady. It was so shady. And it was so nasty. And uh, But it was the only thing. If you want to see a movie. And they had first-run movies. It wasn't like a dollar theater right. or a discount theater. This was the only thing in town for a while. And when you said that, I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that computes with that. But I don't like <laughs> to think about it. You know, sort of like... Just hold your breath and go. But we both went and saw Onward this week. We should say it, it, it was I had a great opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixty-eight million worldwide. I think forty million domestically. There was uh, some of the headlines were like it's the lowest Pixar opening um, for a weekend. Um, I saw a few of those, but I think it doesn't take into account. It's also the first Pixar opening that was in March or actually February, technically. So um, all Pixar movies up until onward have been released summer or holidays. Right. Um, this is the first one that's kind of off cycle like that. So I think that plays into it a little bit, too. But 68 million makes it the number one movie in America. And I think it's a reasonably good Opening draw. Right. I, I did see lots of different type reviews and uh, definitely people calling it, saying it disappointment by Pixar standards, you know, uh, compared to like the openings of Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. But, you know, different time of year, different, different, uh, different things going on in, in the country. I mean, if they, who knows what affects people and whether they go uh, to the movies or not. But uh, I didn't I didn't see it as drastic as some of the people said I, I i didn't think it was a disappointing opening weekend it looked like it was the number one movie yeah yeah totally and so think talking about the critics first you know and the reviews you read a lot of them i didn't read as many of them yeah they were like oh financially is the weekend was like good dinosaur which was not their best you know opening weekend compared again to something like incredibles 2 which was like over 100 million just in that first weekend um so, uh, yeah, so. Well, I'm looking at, I pulled up Rotten Tomatoes. It got 86% um, from critics, 96% from an audience score. So it, it is. It what was is the audience success. score? 96%. Oh, wow. So it's a very high audience score with 229 reviews at 86% certified fresh from the critics. Um, you you saw some of the more mixed. Um, I was reading down, and even but even the positive ones, I think. There was one here I was reading from NPR that says even mid-level Pixar still cast a spell. So it's calling it mid-level. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody's it depends on your expectations going in. Everybody's going to be comparing it to the Toy Stories and the and the Cars and the and the you know all of the big Pixar names. And so in that context, I think there's a little bit of tempering going on, a little bit of kind of um, weighing it out against things and kind of right. giving the expectations. I know you had read a couple that were a little less. Less yeah, I saw uh, like one. Let's see here. Um, Wall Street Journal said in in inst- 
insistently unspecial, insistently unspecial. Another said, uh, by Pixar standards, uh, this movie said in a magical world doesn't quite cast a spell. Another said, uh, man, never manages to rise above average. So there was definitely some, some, uh, rough ones out there, but you know, I saw some others that were good and said it was very good movie. And I saw some fan, uh, reviews that said it was their favorite animated movie ever. So, you know, it sounds like you get just about in most cases, you get some of some of everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking through these reviews and it, it is sort of, even the ones that are positive are saying it in the context of, okay, it's not like the best of Pixar, but it's really good. And I think that's kind of what you've indicated. That's kind of your take, right? Right. Well, I, th- I mean, it's, it's when you, when you're known for excellence, mm-hmm. everybody compares everything you do to the other thing you did. Right. I mean, the so, bar is super high. Yeah. The bar is super high. And, but every, you know, I, I, I don't think every story is the same type of story. You know, every like we've talked about, every Marvel movie is not endgame. There's certain climaxes and there's certain epics. Every story is not an epic. Right. Uh, some people want an epic every time. And so if it's not, you know, that that blockbuster kind of movie, they're not. And, and by blockbuster, I mean big and sure. huge, not, I mean, there's, there's other great stories that aren't quite the same. So, but Part everything the reason we were excited about this, it wasn't a sequel. Yeah. There's I love no that it was in all like, new hype to it. Yeah. It's just is what it is. Yeah. So it sort of stood on its own when you went in there. So tell me, what did you think? What was your impressions? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, I look forward to seeing it again. I, I typically like things better once I've seen it two or three times, you know, when you can really absorb all that they're doing because there, there's so much going on in one of these movies from the story to the animation. And there's, there's so much happening on the screen. It takes a while to take it all in. And sometimes two or three uh, times in, I go, man, I love this even more than I realized. Right. You know, I, I think with every, almost every Disney movie, the more I see it, the more I appreciate it. And I'll go, that's really incredible. It just, you know, the, when you see it the first time, it's hard to, ca- to catch everything. Sure. So I look forward to seeing it again. I thought uh, some of the acting was very good. I thought Tom Holland especially did a great job. There were several times I, I just yeah. would realize like, wow, he's, that's really good. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really believing him. And uh, so especially, I thought they all did great, but I especially thought he just was great, uh, incredible. And uh, I thought it was the the visuals, the the new world, all that was really fun. I like going someplace we've not been before. And so, yeah, I thought emotionally it was, it had a strong impact. Um, I don't have a brother. Yeah. Uh, and so... Um, you know, I, I imagine different people would react differently, like a lot of Pixar movies, depending on where you are in life, what right. season in life you're in. Um, you know, when I when I saw Finding Nemo the first time, it was good, mm-hmm. but my kids were all very, very small. And then as they got older, I saw Nemo again, and he was like, oh, it's really about the father letting go. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, it, I liked it better when 
at a different season of life than I liked it even the first time. Sure. So I think if, you, if you've been through the experiences that Ian and Barley have been through in your own life, it's going to impact you even more. Absolutely. I think when you look at Pixar, movie, like you just said, that there's different ones depending on where you're at that impact different people mm-hmm. more or less. Um, I, I loved it. I thought um, I went with my four kids, four boys. Yeah, um, great movie to take for four yeah. boys. Too. I was in a noisy theater. It wasn't the most uh, pleasant ex- theater experience I've ever had. But despite all that, you fight through and it resonated with me in, in a couple of ways. First, I loved, like you said, the world, the new world. Pixar is great at that from Monsters, Inc. to Cars to they're just pu- immersing you into something you've never seen or experienced in a creative way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did that great in this. Um this kind of whole idea that you know these mystical creatures are now they're like humans, you mm-hmm. know, um, they're normal and they've right. lost their magic and they're you know unicorns and centaurs and just the world's full of these all these magical creatures minus the magic, you know, because right. it's gone away or something. That's and, I think that's a great premise too. Yeah. Very creative. Then the whole dynamic between the brothers, the younger brother just turned 16. He's at that awkward stage of life where he's trying to fit in and he's getting his driver's license and it's his birthday. And he's got an older brother who's kind of a, um, you know, still living at home with mom and he's playing, you know, a Dungeons and Dragons kind of or one of those like magic card games or Mm Yu-Gi-Oh or those sorts of things. And and kind of nerdy, but still kind of this idea of arrested development and hasn't really taken responsibility for his life yet. And, right. and all, he's got this really awesome kind of falling apart van he calls Guinevere and has a mm-hmm. big unicorn painted on the side and kind of honestly reminds me of like, I think it's a, it's a, was a Pegasus. A peg- was it a Pegasus? I think it was a flying horse. You're right. It was one of you. The unicorns are like the raccoons. That's they're like right. the they're like the wild Yeah. <laughs> the pests. It was a Pegasus. And and the funny thing, he reminded me of like a lot of the Jack Black character in School of Rock. Okay. You you know, sort of like yeah. unhinged, doesn't want to take responsibility, rock and roll forever, kind of the difference is this guy still lives with his mom. And it, and so I found him really I think Chris Pratt is his voice. Yeah. Um I thought that was great too. And and so the dynamic between the two of them and then, you know, something happens on his birthday and there's like this, this quest, you know, um, you know, their, their father has passed away and that's kind of the context of the movie. And then on the 16th birthday, there's a, there's a, a mysterious gift that their, their late father had left them that their mom gives them and they, they, they cast the spell and there's this thing about, you know, the father's going to appear for 24 hours if they get this spell right and do this, but it doesn't quite work. So they end up going on this quest and there's a countdown, a timer. They got 24 hours to pull this off. And these two brothers are now on this adventure, Mm -hmm. you know, to do this. So I found all of that kind of reminiscent of the old kind of like the Goonies and the Indiana Jones and the sort of um, those classic kind of adventure movies where um, it kind of hints to that. And even some of the, some of the shots, even I found myself, I've, I've seen this before. This is, this is Indiana Jones. This is classic kind of Spielberg, you know, yeah. and um, the temple scene where they're there, the, the tiles and the floor yeah. and the, the booby traps that was reminiscent a little even, bit of even the, but the in a, to me, it was like a nod, not a copying. It right. was, a, it was an obvious nod. There were a it. lot of them though. Like I, I even forgot. So the, the, where they're at the, the, the chasm, 
and they the bridge is up. He had to jump. He had to walk. The same. The same. The same thing yeah. happened in in the Last Crusade. Indiana yeah. Jones: The Last Crusade. They had to. There was a a trust that they, it was going to be a bridge, and then sure enough, the invisible bridge is there. And um, really interesting, kind of um, nods and and kind of echoes of those things. Right. But, and see, and I think that when I read some of the the critic reviews that were negative, mm-hmm. that was they saw that as a negative. That they didn't see it as a nod. Some reviews I read seem to be saying that was, you know, copy. And so they, they scored it, you know, less. Interesting. Yeah, I felt more like it was nostalgic yeah. and kind of a new take on, on the thing. Um, and then you get through these two brothers or, you know, on this adventure together. Right. There's They run into all these kind of problems and they're, you know, going to the mountain to find a, a, a gym and, and this gym is going to help them do the spell and all, all this stuff. And then in the end, there's this, it, the emotional kind of payoff. There's a few things that happen throughout as far as their relationship and their struggles, but the real like emotional part of the Pixar movie, which we get in just about every Pixar movie happens, right. happens at the end when it kind of flips the the plot a little bit on you. And right. we don't want to give away any spoilers, but it, it was one that I, I, both my wife and I teared up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I don't in every, I didn't in Toy Story 4, I don't in every Pixar movie. So if you, if I were rating it on levels of kind of emotionally connected mm-hmm. to this is up there, this is, this is, you know, there's four or five probably that I could say that, you know, really, really got me. And this was one of them, and yeah. I love I love this movie even probably more than than I'm looking at the critics and and well, I got four boys and see the brother dynamic and you know I saw some before the movie came out before I went and saw it I saw I saw things that said make sure you've got tissues yeah. like you're going to cry and then I saw things that said funniest movie Pixar's made <laughs> it was like wait a minute <laughs> which what it was it going to be and so I do think it's probably a, some of some degree where you are in life, what season you're in, what's your experiences, how is this going to emotionally impact you? And, and, and that's, that's the way most movies are. Sure. So I loved it. But while we're here, let me, what are the most emotional movie Pixar movies for you? What are those? So to me, it's the one, whatever I teared up in, I'll put that on my, on my list. Are there, are there certain Pixar movies? If you're going to rank the Mount Rushmore of Pixar movies that really got you. Oh, okay. Uh, well, um, there's different kind of emotions, like yeah. ones that there's that emotion of of making me cry. Yeah, you know, working me up so much that I cry and I can't hold back the tears. Or there's also just that kind of emotion where you see something and you want to watch it over and over because it just makes you so emotionally charged. Mm-hmm. There's also that's a different kind of emotion. But I think you're talking about the 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 sentimental. Emotional. What stirs you to the? What are the most stirring? Uh, well, I, I, I definitely can remember several times, like with with my kids in the theater. I think this, the most frightened we ever were in the theater uh, was, and holding our breath moment was in Toy Story three when we thought. They were all going to fall into the incinerator. I remember having to reach out with three kids there and tr- make sure I'm touching all three kids at the same time because yeah. everybody was in a little bit of panic. Uh, what's going to happen? That was very emotional. Definitely in Toy Story 3 when Andy uh, gives Woody away, that was very emotional. I think Toy Story 4 has lots of the same kind of emotion. There's Anytime, anytime there's a goodbye, uh, there's a there's a farewell that you know between characters that you like. There's going to be strong emotion. I think, of course, Inside Out. Yeah, that's uh, on my list. One of the very top emotional ones. Again, I had kids 
right in that stage of life, the same as Riley, young girls. So it was like watching the, the for me, like, oh, this is what my daughter's experience inside right now. So that was very, very emotional. Of course, Up's very emotional. Yeah. I mean, the whole, within the first few minutes, yeah. you deal with you see, the whole struggle of love and loss. I, I think Up's great, but it was not nearly as emotional for me as Onward was. Right. Um, and, and again, I think that's how everybody brings to it a little different a little perspective. Um, for, me, for me, it's Coco, Inside Out. Um, onward. And I, I think that's, I think that's it. Um, they're, they're all great. Like right. I love monsters, Inc. I love cars. Um, there are emotional parts of all of them, but the ones that like, that got me, like I'm tearing up, like, Oh man, uh, really weighed on me. Uh, you know, you get, it's, it's onwards on the list mm-hmm. for me, you know, and, and Coco as well. And, um, now what, and, now what, what is it that's very emotional about Coco to you? I, 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 that culture, the way it kind of framed his his connection to his ancestors, mm-hmm. and just this idea that you know people are forgotten, and and I'm a very um, I think personally for me, um, I've at that point when I'd saw, seen that movie, I hadn't I've never I'd never lost a grandparent. Okay, and so um, I don't know I don't even really know why. Actually, that was 2017. I take that back. That we, was the summer I had lost my first grandparent. Right. That's probably. I mean, you, you, and it was when you saw Up, you had not. Yeah, up, I had not lost a grandparent. Right. Yeah. And so it was. So that was 2009, 2017. I, honestly, that was the summer I, my grandfather passed away. Right. And I think the context of all of that happening mm-hmm. was you're connected to your ancestors. It was just so colorful and beautiful and the music and, mm-hmm. and all of, all of those things. And just that life is temporary and, you know, um, but being forgotten, what an emotion. Yeah. And I think we've, we've talked about this before, but, uh, I think one of the thing one of the themes that seems to run through a lot of Pixar movies is just dealing with loss. Yeah. This, the loss of sometimes it's the loss of a loved one and pushing through that, or it's the loss of a dream or loss of your childhood, uh, imaginings like Riley and inside out this way you think it is as a kid. And suddenly you get hit by the real world. A lot of these stories are dreamers who are hit with reality yeah, and dealing with loss. So I'll, absolutely. And, and how, how we, you know, little Nemo dealing with not just the loss of a mom at the beginning, but letting not really loss. It's like letting go. Right. It's, it's that process of letting go, letting go of things more than the actual loss. It's letting go of people, letting go of, you know, situations, letting go of and, and moving on. Yeah. I mean, it seems even, to be, and all of them are, are a little bit of that. You know, Monsters Inc. Cars has the, you know, the whole, your dreams and, your selfish ambitions and, yeah. and some and, of that stuff. But, and, but always like, I mean, even that the fact this movie is called onward, yeah. it's like, moving you know, on, moving wow, onward. Yeah. I mean, it's like going on into the next, into the next, uh, next season. Yeah. It, I, I felt it was, it was incredibly powerful and I can't wait to watch it again too. And, and also the, the kind of the, though, if you've at my house, there's plenty of those little Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon cards, and that plays a big part. Yeah, that, you, you should, I think that's one thing that uh, your family really connected with, because it really culturally, yeah. I mean, your kids have been involved in that. There were probably a lot of people that are going to see this movie that are going to be like, I don't even know what they're talking about Right. in that. It's just like they'll, they'll get that there's a game going on, but they don't have any personal uh, connection with that game. It might not be the same. 
for everybody. Sure. I also think there's an element of like uh, of growing up and taking responsibility that in this one, I think that's a thread in Pixar movies as well, uh-huh. is that sort of you get the, the mantle is passed, you know, yeah. that sort of passing the torch on. Uh, that definitely happens here. Um, it's kind of like in Inside Out when Joy has a different opinion of sadness at the end of the movie. Yeah. You, guys, you see that same kind of thing in this where people's opinions of one another are different at the end than they were at the beginning. Sure. And then connect and back to Coco connection to your, to your past, knowing that you're a part of something that there's mm. legacy yeah. um, that you can begin, you, you know, your own, but you build on the past. Um, I, I think that's a very powerful kind of, kind of connection to yeah. that you find throughout def, definitely, definitely there at Coco, but I think an onward too. you know, that this young man's trying to, you know, the 16 year old, I think had never met his dad. Mm-hmm. Or he was he was a, an infant. He didn't remember have any memories of his father. Right. Um, and, and Ian he, Ian has never met his father. Right. He the did, older yeah. guy barely barely had, like three or four he had three or four memories, and you know one is not a good memory. So, right. Yeah. But they kind of hold that to the end too. Yeah. You're gonna get emotional talking about it. <laughs> that's always that's that's what's so cool. I like when I think about these moments with my kids in the theater, watching these movies. That's that's what makes it even more emotional. I, yeah, watching it by myself, it's emotional. But when you bring in your life experiences and your family and your kids into these things, it's it's, it's exponentially different. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Like I I'll I'll yeah those those Toy Story movies especially as our family, those were the ones that just uh, emotionally charged us so much. They always do it. They did it again. They and do it again. I'm super excited about Soul, too, because I feel like it's it's going to be another one of those sort of really kind of deep, like inside out, just yep. examining what that is. And I hope I hope it meets the expectations. I have a lot of high hopes for it. My expectations are very high for Soul. Yeah, and um, But I'm excited to check that out, too. So two Pixar movies in less than six months, that's that's pretty awesome. amazing. Heck yeah. And three and three brand new animated movies this year. That's, that's right. And Mulan on top of that in just a few weeks. Yeah. And that, I'm really looking forward to Artemis Fowl. Yeah. I did see the tra- the new, I think I saw a newer, new trailer. We read all those books mm-hmm. in our family. So uh, already like, even in the in the opening trailers, like, well, they changed that. Well, they changed that. Well, they changed that. <laughs> you see a lot of change, but you get the idea that... Uh, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, absolutely. So before we, before we move on, give, let's rate it. What's your, out of five mouse ears? I'm going to, I would give it four. Four? Yeah. I think it was, I thought it, I, I really enjoyed rating. it. Again, again, it's like, there's. It's not your favorite Pixar I movie. would say with, uh, with Pixar, most, a lot of Pixar, I would give five. Yeah. A lot of, a lot would get four. Only a handful, I might would give a three. Okay. So it's, it's I don't I would not give anything like a one or a two like they're all know? good it's just right what, what you like the most yeah uh, in the same way like um I, I would probably if I a four point two I was gonna say kind of in between but it's you it's always the, you always like to give it an extra point over me I, you know I, I like the points it's, I like forty two <laughs> out of fifty it just seems like I have more flexibility there but um no. I, I, with the with these movies, when you start ranking them and which is the best, you know, um, it, it, they're all really good, and it's so difficult to kind of compare and contrast. Right, um, you're all holding them up against each other, but 
I thought it was fantastic. You're like most of the, <laughs> we talked about with the Rotten Tomatoes scores, like the, all the newer things always score the highest. It's true. Like yeah. what you've just seen feels the, feels more emotional sometimes. It, than, it, it does. And I'm going back looking through like the, the catalog of Pixar movies and, you know, uh, man, they're, they're all good. Um, in, in, in different ways and they all landed, but you know, going back to, man, a bug's life was fantastic. Yeah. You know, that's and, definitely, I, I think such an underrated movie. Yeah. Incredibles compared to the, and you hear so much about so many others and it was just such a, such a well done. And you know, one of my, one of my very favorites is Ratatouille. Oh yeah. And, um, I mean, talking about emotion, like to me, the final, the final speech, that ego gives at the end is just so emotional, but it's a different type of emotion. It's not letting go of, of a person, but he, he's letting go of all his, his preconceived ideas of the way life should be. He's letting it go. And he's, 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 he's come to this place where he's realizing life's not exactly like he thought it was. And so that's to me, again, very emotional. Absolutely. Well, I think we both liked it and we both would recommend it. Everybody needs to go see it. Oh, definitely um, would recommend it. Definitely very good. Yeah. And a couple of weeks till Mulan comes out. Super excited about that. So, so we did have a movie night, the family night this week. So two movies for or onward, but at home on Disney plus, we actually pulled out, went to the, went to the nostalgic part and watched Swiss Family Robinson from 1960. Mm-hmm. And my kids Loved it. I was kind of. Sometimes it's hard to keep their attention, especially my younger ones. Mm-hmm. And the older the movie gets, the harder it gets to keep their attention. And sometimes those movies weren't made to keep the attention of a five year old. Uh, so, especially of a five year old in twenty twenty. Yes, it, and they were really targeting their their market. So it's it's amazing to me that it's it held up well for it your kids, did, man. They watched. They loved it. They thought that you know they were by the end they're like, can we can we build a treehouse like that? Like they thought that was the coolest thing. And I mean, we had a blast watching that movie. It's I didn't realize how long it was, and I, I also realized watching it that I had never seen the whole thing. I had never made it through the movie. So it was really cool to kind of to sit through that with them and experience it. And it was a really good movie. Like I highly recommend it. And it holds up, holds up really well today. There's yeah. obviously some cultural things that are that are different, but it was kind of like in, in a nice way, sort of nostalgic. Um, the way the, the boys interacted with the female character and and uh they were jealous of each other and just sort of some of the the, the traditional roles you'd see in the sixties and it was just it was interesting, interesting to watch, kind of a throwback feeling, you know. Yeah, I think it's I think it's held up really well. I went when when you watched it, I went back and watched it as well, and uh, yeah, it's such a good movie. I remember when I was young. Um, this is, of course this movie was before my time, but I remember growing up and seeing it at some point, and just thinking, you know, wow, what what an adventure, and just think, you know, thinking that Fritz and Ernst that that, that they had such a what a cool opportunity! What an adventure! They're fighting pirates, and I mean, I thought it was yeah. As a Building kid, booby but, traps and yeah, riding animals, and it was. My, my, the thing my wife said is like, man, they got every kind of animal on this island. Where yeah, I thought they, they, they talk about that the, there must there was a land bridge. It had to be a land bridge <laughs> if there to be there was zebras and yeah. This, I, I was it was pretty good until the zebra popped in. Yeah. It was like okay, that there's no land bridge from. Because they they are supposedly leaving Switzerland to go to New Guinea, a which is country, near Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but the 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 actual movie was filmed at Tobago or Tobago. Yep. 
You say Tobago. I say Tobago. Tobago. I'm not Tobago, sure. Tobago. How do you say that? Uh, it sounds right to me. Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. So uh, that's where it was actually filmed on location okay. there, which I think would have been pretty. Uh, yeah. It looked really tropical. Yeah. Very, very uh, big for Disney at that point. It's not. It's not done in a studio in a in a building. Yeah. You know, on a, on a closed set. That was, was. They're really out there in the ocean. I mean, monkeys, hyenas, tigers. Yeah, there were tigers, um, zebras. There's an anac- like elephants, a snake, um, elephants, yeah, everything. Yeah, the the big snake. I was also amazed, like you know, having just seen. Uh, sorry, call them out. Oh, yeah, gosh, and yeah. everybody was saying, "Oh, no animals." You know, this was great. No animals were, and <laughs> in this movie, which I think they probably took care of their animals, but we had a a real zebra caught in a mud bog that they had to pull out, and you had them riding ostriches, and that we had. The, the, I did think it was really amazing how they film the tiger and the dogs fighting because that oh, would yeah. be almost impossible to do now. But when you, if you really look good, you can tell that's not a real tiger when the dogs, it's the dogs are when the dogs as big as the, tiger. when the dogs are have the tiger, you go, that was, that was probably a stuffed pelt, but yeah. it was, uh, it was still, I was like, man, this is, this is good old nostalgic movie making right here. And, uh, yeah, very very Hollywood for its time. Like the, I was like the the British dad, but nobody else has a British accent in the family, and they're Swiss, right? But but they're all very genuine, heartwarming characters that you you can really relate to, and certainly the audience in the fifties and sixties really related to, and uh, yeah, just such a really good movie. Stands up over the test of time. I love it. Also, like it's what what I love about Disney Plus is. You have this vault of old movies and on, on movie night. You know, I had to make my kids, you know, I, I had to pick it out. So the nights I get to pick it out, we, you know, watch some. But it, it brings you to, like, there's old Yeller in there. There's um, mm-hmm. that darn cat. There's all these, Parent Trap, all these classic movies that, you know, just you forget about over time and just aren't at the top of your list. And you watch them and you're like, man, these are great. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love. I love classic Disney like that. And and I saw a few years ago there there were t- there were a couple of times they talk about remaking it, mm-hmm. and even like who would be cast in it. It was like no, no, that doesn't. That would not be the same thing. Well, Please don't ruin this movie. Know, that's the great thing about some of this too is you get to see kind of what culture was like. In the 60s. Right. And again, whenever this took place in the story, that's one thing. You know, everybody tries to, when they do a timepiece, get the the time period right. right. But it really says more about where they were at at the time they made it, which I find incredibly fascinating. And I think it's good for my kids, for all of us to watch. Imagine if they'd have been, been making films like in the 1600s mm-hmm. and you could go back and watch a film from the <laughs> 1600s and really know Right. Not what they were making so much, but what they were thinking, like how they made things would tell you a lot about them yes. and their culture and their society. And you look at, you know, move a hundred years into the future when people go back and they watch, you know, Swiss Family Robinson from 1960, you know, they're getting this, this story. It's not necessarily set in 1960. It's not necessarily, you know, that made to film that, but you're, you're seeing a, a what, how they thought, how they made things, how they interacted, what, right. what audiences, what they thought audiences wanted to see. And all that is a, you know, an interesting, interesting take. Well, think about that, that the story is about a, is about a family, not in the 1960s, but probably a hundred years before right. that. And so if the movie were made now, how far the, the, the new version would be from what life was like in the 1800s. Cause they, yeah. we would want to be showing 
our modern sensitivities in oh yeah in that setting, and so you end up with something like that doesn't even doesn't even resemble the real thing anymore. You know, so. we already we already had Castaway with Tom Hanks. You know, it's not like yeah, we don't need it. <laughs> we, we, I think everything's fine like it's, it is. Um, but but you never know. Sometimes they sometimes they knock them out of the park. Yeah, you know, every now and then a remake is 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 top quality and like Call of the Wild, for instance. Yeah, you know they just I thought they just nailed that. Um, in terms of the, the the changes were modern, the modern changes were not right. distasteful in, in the sense of like messing up the story or the spirit of the story. Right. Um, it tamed it just enough for a, um, a wide audience, a younger, you know, not as violent or dark like we right. talked about. So remakes can can work often, right. but I'm with you. Like after watching the 1960 Swiss Family Robinson, like, this is this is fantastic. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what's on the agenda for this week, but. You know, we're we're talking about old Yeller, but my wife is like, "No, don't show him old Yeller. Don't show him old Yeller." <laughs> Four boys and old Yeller. That would be a, that'll be a fun movie night. I don't know. I, I don't know if my my youngest are quite ready. It's it's funny. I got one who would uh, it would not phase him at all. It, it, almost disturbingly not phase him probably. And then another one that would be a, a puddle of tears, just a mess. <laughs> so if if it happens, it'll give us something to talk about here on the, on the podcast here. Oh, please. another story about letting go, letting go, letting go, <laughs> taking responsibility, taking responsibility, the man on becoming a man. Right. Um, well, anyhow, it's been a, it's been a great week. I love the movie. Um, looking forward to next week. Mulan just in a couple weeks. We'll have to grab that too. And we should probably wrap it up and, as always, we want to thank you for your time, for spending time with us here at the Wild Love Dizzy Podcast. And if you have any questions or would like to comment or or weigh in on any of the things we talked about today or anything else, but for that matter, um, you can email us through our website at whyilovedisney.com. Tell us what you thought about Onward. We'd love to know. And also, you can get us through Twitter. Um, get a hold of us through Twitter at whyilovedisney1, the number one. And... Um, Yeah, let us know what you think. So that's it. That's all we got for this week. Until next time, so long.